Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cause and Business Education Series. Uh, this is an event that is hosted by the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. And my name is Guy Dawson. I am the executive director of the chamber. And I am thrilled to have a very good friend of mine uh, named Jim Lorden, who is going to be doing a presentation this evening about a topic that is very near and dear to my heart and important in my philosophy as uh, as it relates to business. He's going to be talking about how to be a superior person when it comes to customer service. And for those of us who are professionals or business owners, uh, we really must have an emphasis on taking care of our customers first and foremost. And I know my personal experiences with Jim are that he absolutely believes in everything that he's going to talk with you about this evening. We've worked together on many projects where uh, we are partners on a board and I just, I understand his, his perspective when it comes to this particular topic. He is definitely the person that you wanna listen to if you want to become someone who has superior skills in customer service. And so I'm just looking forward to hearing all that he has to say this evening. He's going to do his presentation for approximately 20 to 25 minutes. After he does that presentation, we will have a question and answer period. And for those of you that will be joining in person, uh, the end of the meeting is a networking opportunity, an opportunity for you to connect with other people, get information, grow your contact list. And that is the format of the Cause and Business Education Series. Jim, are you ready to get us started? Absolutely. And thank you for that awesome introduction. And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, customer service is the backbone of anything that we do. So uh, with that being said, I want to whoever is going to be on this call during uh, the live uh, presentation, this is very interactive. I'd like to hear from you. Uh, you can completely interrupt. Uh, you can do it through the chat or just open mic. It's uh, not a problem for me, but uh, let's get started with uh, the GlobeCon Business and Consulting and Clarity uh, and sponsored uh, today uh, with uh, Cause Marketing at Chamber of Commerce, which is obviously a, an excellent organization uh, bringing businesses and uh, nonprofits together. So yay, uh, Guy and your team. So let's, let's hit it. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get this going with a Quick little introduction. Uh, uh, we at the Globe uh, Con Consulting team, we provide uh, obviously collaborative, confident, uh, confidential business mentorship, consulting, clarity for business owners. So business owners are our friend. Uh, we love business owners. Uh, uh, my business partner uh, and CEO, managing partners myself, but uh, that is also a picture of Dagmar Thompson, who is also uh, at, at our at our company excuse me for having a moment there um so jim lorden managing partner uh why am i sitting here what makes me so much different than anybody else uh, i've been in this uh entertainment event technology meetings and convention uh for 10 20 30 yeah 40 years now uh it's been 40 years and i've been in this uh some form of a uh, person that stands in front of clients and explains the difficulty or explains the resolution or uh, tries to just help 
uh, get through the difficulty. So I do have a passion and enthusiasm, as it says, for customer service. Uh, it helps build a very long lasting relationship, just like anything, it, especially in the meetings and conventions business. It's important to understand uh, instantaneous failures and how to recover from, from them. And with that being said, uh, my whole process is and my message is to try and recover a service failure. It is better to recover, and I'll show you some, some data that's out there that recovering from a service failure is far more profitable and far uh, less expensive to recover from an issue than it is to replace somebody who's um, given up on you because of your customer service failures. And so we all make mistakes. We all have problems, things happen, and it's certainly not unique to any business. Every business has service failures of some kind. Your fault, their fault, nobody's fault. They happen. It's about your recovery. That is what's important. So I definitely am a positive, half full kind of guy. Uh, I've had many, many people on my team. I've been customer facing customer service uh, for my teams have always been incredibly important. Uh, so that said, uh, it's also important to realize that honest communication, even when there's a difficulty, is super, super important. Um, if you're not honest, it's going to be a it's going to be a problem down the road. Um, customer service is certainly the heart of all that we do. It's uh, definitely uh, for our customers, uh, the end user, our vendors, our team members, and our non-members. So when I talk about customer service, I don't just mean the person uh, across the counter. I mean everybody that you come in contact with, including the people that you buy services from your vendors, whatever that case may be, whether it's a hard product or another service, your vendors and customer service with them is highly important. And then it comes down to your actual team. Those are the people, those people that work for you, those that uh, you report to, whatever the case may be, customer service is important in all aspects with your team, with your vendors, and certainly your end users or your clients. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about and the reason and purpose of this program is really to explain customer service and, and not so much a whitewash and say, hey, it's really important. You should just kind of be more focused on it. I do have some really critical data for all of you in regards to customer service and why it's important on your bottom line. Why is it important for you to have excellent customer service or the best customer service you can get and continue to raise that bar of customer service because it will increase your revenue. It will decrease your expenses. Uh, there's also uh, a, a, what we call the Ratter model. Uh, it came out in a 1990 in a book and I'll uh, share that slide with you guys and give you that intel. Um, and then discuss uh, areas requiring mastery. What to master when it comes to delivery of great customer service. Um, one of the things that is important is to apply the service skills uh, to typical situations and ensure that all clients have an experience of outstanding customer service. Like anything, when you go to a restaurant, when you go somewhere and uh, there's a, a service interruption, a customer service problem, whatever it may be, um, 
you know how that feels. And so reverse those feelings, uh, understand what your clients are going to. So you need to manage those failures, those complaints appropriately. And I'll talk about how to do that and some key issues, key points that you want to take away from this, this presentation. Um, I'll talk about handling difficult customers with empathy instead of sympathy. And then, of course, develop your customer service skills, not only you who are listening to this, but those of you who oversee uh, team members and give you that confidence that you need when speaking to a client, when there is an issue. Uh, and we know definitely what that sounds like and what that feels like. So customer service, um, delivering great customer service is, is really the key here. And I want to start with a question. Uh, how is customer service, how are we measured? Well, for the longest time, especially for my generation, uh, the longest time was a, a letter, a nasty gram to uh, the organization explaining that uh, there was a, a service failure of some kind. Well, that usually took months of sometimes weeks uh, to uh, resolve, get back to whatever the case may be. But the turnaround time uh, back when I was coming up in the in the business was certainly uh, not instantaneous like it is now. You can have uh, a, a horrible service situation and because of Google and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest, your, your service issue will be known worldwide. And that level of service failure will be known by everyone and can take a big hit to whatever service or, or product you're trying to provide to the general public or to other other um, uh, manufacturing or, or businesses. It is no longer something that should be brushed under or, or glanced over or a shun away from. When you make a mistake, it's how quickly you respond to that mistake, especially in this day and age, and to the point where companies now pay, obviously, uh, most of us know this, have uh, individuals that actually monitor Google, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram just to make sure if there's an, uh, an issue that is completely handled within minutes and, instead of uh, weeks or months. Um, when uh, we uh, all react or interact with uh, customers each day, customer service skills, uh, customer service skills, uh, can help us recover from that service issue, obviously. Uh, we need to ass uh, assure outstanding customer service consistently. It can't be hit or miss. It has to be certainly the same uh, at, at all times. Um, that being said, when you have a customer service failure and you're trying to recover from it, it also helps reinforce your company brand. It helps reinforce what you're doing. I'm going to cough real quick, so hold on one sec. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, so you want to not only have that customer service recovery, but you also uh, help re reinforce your company brand. We're all brand ambassadors to whoever we're working with or whoever we're working for. Um, we need to demonstrate uh, to our customers, uh, the value in our services. Sometimes it's hard to um, see the value in what we do. Our customers are not completely aware of what's going on, especially again, when there's a customer service failure. Um, 
when there is a success in recovery, that success is not only shared by us who are on the front line, but it's uh, shared with our company. So our company's success is your success. So when you do it well and you do it right, it is a, a great opportunity for uh, us as business owners or us as employees, whoever may be listening. It is important to realize that when you do it well, it, it really uh, ripples through the entire organization. And so there's nothing wrong with uh, raising that flag that you recovered or had somebody on your team recover. So you should shout it from the mountaintops. You should tell, tell the world, tell the company that this was a good thing. This was recovered. This this was a turnaround. Um, we took a bad situation and made it better. Service is obviously critical. Companies that emphasize service are more successful than companies that don't. Um, customer service is not uh, a competitive advantage like you would think it is is not it's it's not just an option it's it's the only option anymore you have to provide excellent customer service there's no way of getting around it uh, those who do not fail pretty quickly so why how come so in this case study and, and it comes from uh, the uh, from fortune magazine this particular uh, sentence, it costs five times more to get a new customer than to keep an existing one. So if you take that into consideration, the time, energy, marketing, um, man hours, uh, those kinds of things, when you have a failure and that customer does not return, it's going to cost you five times more to replace that customer than to recover the customer that's upset. Uh, once a customer leaves, four out of five say they will never come back. And this comes from the Global Workshop Call Report. Companies that reduce customer defections leaving by 5% can boost profits up to 25 to 95%. So if you can turn around a bad situation, just 5%, you can boost your profits. So your bottom line is truly, truly affected either positively or negatively, depending on your customer service skills throughout the team and throughout the company. Uh, business case for uh, superior services continued here uh, with marketing matrix, the profitability of selling to an existing customer, somebody who's already uh, enjoys your product, enjoys your service, is 6.5 times higher than the profitability of selling to a new one. So it kind of reinforces the uh, original uh, conversation to this point at the previous slide. There is proven economics and metrics that it does, does make a difference when you recover from uh, a, an issue. Uh, businesses with high quality service, average Businesses with high quality service average 12% more return on their sales, gain market share at a rate of 6% a year. Now, we all know that 6% is a very strong, strong percentage when you're increasing year over year. That's, that's something to, to be proud of when you're at that rate of obviously greater is always better. But if you're hitting a 6% 
uh, or greater rate of return uh, growth over year over year is obviously a great opportunity. Um, and then if you think about it, uh, this study uh, came out of Technical Assistance Research Programs, Inc. When you're in that place, you can start charging 10% more than your competitors. Now, obviously, sometimes it's only six and sometimes it's as much as 10 or 15, 12 or 15%. But on average, you can, you can charge about 10% more. So if you think about a 6% increase year over year and charge about 10% more, that is real bottom line success just by recovering from a service failure. So there's real dollars in customer service. 76% um, of customers say they view customer service as the true test of how much a company values them. It is frontline proven history, proven analytics that people understand and really look at companies. I make decisions, and I think most of us make decisions on the back end of the purchase. What is the customer service report? What is the customer service um, uh, understanding? Is there a strong customer service when you buy a vehicle or a product, uh, or do they just kick you to the curb and give that sense of, well, you own it now and it's very difficult if you have an issue uh, and you need something repaired or whatever the case may be. So it is truly a test of how uh, a company is valued by their customer service. And uh, I think all of us make those decisions uh, quite quickly. And so let me try and do a little bit of an interactive um, I know that some of this uh, will be seen after uh, we do it live. So I'm going to just go ahead and uh, ask a question. Uh, Guy, if you wouldn't mind being uh, my spokesperson, um, don't worry. Uh, we won't judge you on your answers. But if I was to ask you a question, uh, why a customer would quit, uh, what percentage, if 100 is our number, uh, would attribute that to death? Just because someone passed away, uh, uh, what do you think that percentage would be? Give me a number from 1 to 100. You're saying if you were to lose a customer due to death? Is that yep. the question? That is the question. Huh, wow. What would be the percentage of that? I'm asking you that question. I know what it. I know what it is. <laughs> How about... 10%. 10%, let's sec. Man, 1%. So you were close. So let's talk <laughs> about many. this. <laughs> Not many. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about um, why customers quit because of the salesperson. For whatever the case may be, that just didn't like that salesperson. Why do you think customers, what percentage would quit because of an issue with the salesperson? Give me a number. One to 100. Well, one to 99 now because we're doing math. How about uh, 25%? 25%. That's pretty, pretty steep. It's really only about 5%. It really huh? is only 5%. As you, uh, when I first saw this, I was of the mindset that you were. I think that the salesperson is very much responsible for uh, how this transaction goes. Um, what do you think the percentage is uh, in regards to price? It's just too expensive. How about... Uh, wow, price. How about, let's try uh, 20%. 9%. 9%. Uh, 
9%. So we're at a place where a lot of these items that we need jerk, I'm on the same page. Again, when I first saw this, it, it really makes a big difference in my mind. Well, it turns out it's not that big a difference. So maybe we've been focusing on the wrong areas. So let me continue though. How about customers quitting because of the product dissatisfaction, just because the stuff was no good? Hmm. Wow. Now that I'm looking at all these other numbers, it's got me <laughs> afraid to give you the, <laughs> I will say, Jim, I would say, how about a 15% product dissatisfaction? Okay. Um, let's give that a shot. You were close, my man. Only one percentage point off. I, very good. Nicely done. Uh, how about because a client or customer moves? Uh, they're just, they just need to go to uh, the south of France or you know some really cool place. They just move out of your area and they'll not be back to buy stuff from you. What do you think that percentage is? I would say that would be relatively low, maybe 5%. 3%. You're absolutely correct. Now, I know that you're an amazing math whiz. And you know that the score here needs to be 100. But we don't really need to do the math. We don't need to do that. We just need to know that an attitude of indifference is the highest of the reasons why customers walk away from you, from your business, from your service, whatever the case may be. If you have a bad attitude, an attitude of indifference, you're going to lose customers and your customer ser service um, responsibilities are tied directly to attitude of indifference. Um, so how's that for uh, kind of a, a, a wow moment, a aha moment? I know it was for me. Yes. I mean, I figured Jim that the numbers would obviously be very high in that area, but I didn't think that it would be 60%. Now, that's really an eye opener. Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely. And thank you for putting yourself out there and just uh, shooting from the hip. I appreciate that. So customer service moments of truth, uh, a definition of a moment of truth is an opportunity for a customer to form a judgment about the quality of your company. That's a moment of truth. Now, how do you manage that? And so what is, what is the back end thought here is if a definition of a moment of truth is when something happens, your client, your customer, that person that is buying your service, your goods, they have that time stamp, that time slice that they're going to think about what your company is all about. Now, it could go one way or the other, and obviously you want it to go positively, but you need to anticipate those moments. You've been in this business a long, long time, whatever that is. You've been in business for a long, long time. It is not that unusual or unique. So you anticipate when and where those moments usually occur and focus on making them turn well. So you know where the, the, the disconnect is going to be. Recognize that moment. Uh, recognize that moments can occur anywhere, anytime, and be ready to respond to them. So it 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 is uh, all, obviously you need to be on your toes all the time, but there are moments in the sales process, in the service process, uh, whatever that is, you've been in the business long enough to know that you have to focus at a time slice when it could go horribly wrong and just anticipate that. Be ready for that. Um. 
So as I'm, I'm winding down, I know that you've given me 20 to 25 minutes. I'm going to kind of blaze through these the last five minutes and then go right into uh, Q&A, if you will. A customer service experience, feeling fully supported and appreciated for providing their business to us, feeling delighted and uh, with the execution and end result. That's the customer service experience that we're looking for. Um, how about added value? Now, there's an exercise here that we're not going to do. What I'd ask you to do is take this exercise and add it to your, your thought process. Take it back to your team. Utilize it uh, just with yourself. But tangible and intangible extra, extras that enhance the customer's experience, whether it's providing great support, great technical execution, or just making them feel good, a great uh, and create a perception of increased value. It doesn't necessarily have to be money, although that's helpful, but it can be just a great attitude instead of an attitude of indifference. Um, review of basic principles. Um, we're going to jump through this and go right into uh, what, ca uh, what uh, customers evaluate just because of the time. And how are we measured? And so what, what, what is the client's uh, eye looking for? And this is the ratter model that I was talking about. And I will jump through this. Here is for those of you who that want to understand where this come from, where this ratter model comes from, here's where uh, it came from in 1990 and how it was developed. So if you want to take a picture of the screen or, or you reach out to Guy or myself, we can certainly give you this information later, but rather reliability, assurance, tangibles, empathy, and responsiveness. That is the rather model that if you handle those items, you are scoring high and creating business and profitability. Uh, reliable service uh, is a degree to which promises are kept. Don't overpromise just to get the sale. It's important to manage promises, know what customers expect, expect and shape their expectations accordingly. Broken promises happen. Be ready to, for them and be honest. Remember that honest comment that I had earlier? Um, customer service is assurance. Assurance is the level of customer's trust. Trust is earned. To gain trust, you have to know what you're doing and project that confidence. You have to know that. You need to know what you're doing. You have to fill in. If you don't know what you're doing, be honest that you don't know. You'll get the answers later. Style counts. Courteous and friendly service is important, but it's the combination of both style and substance that bring customers back and back. And that's a relationship that you want to keep and build. It's all about the relationship. Uh, tangible service is often difficult to quantify because it's, you, it's largely intangible. Everybody knows uh, that there's wind. You can't see the wind. You only see the effects of the wind. And that's what, that's what uh, good customer service is. Sometimes it's just not recognizable. You just know you're in it. Empathetic, not sympathetic. Customers that uh, customers need a personal touch. They usually prefer to deal with a live human than an organization or a computer. Empathy means to understand the emotion, uh, emotional state of the customer. Distinguish between empathy and sympathy. Here's another opportunity. Just take a quick um, picture or look it up, uh, Google it. But this is really seeing with the eyes of another, listening with the ears of another, and feeling with the heart of another. Um, and finally, uh, customer service, a good customer service is responsive. Responsive means timely, set and meet 
your deadlines. Always give specific times. Uh, I'll be right back is not a good answer. I'll be right back after I check on this issue, whatever, and should be back in five or 10 minutes or get back to you by the end of the day. Whatever the case may be, you must give a time uh, slice. And then if you need more time, give that response that you do need more time um, and, and check back with your follow-up with your customer. Um, communication, problem solving, product knowledge, company knowledge. These are the things that customers want to uh, interact with you. Communication skills, problem solving skills, product knowledge, and company knowledge. Uh, with that guy, I know that we're um, uh, on a time slice. Uh, what would you like to do? I've got just a few more slides, or I can jump right into Q&A. Oh, please finish up your slides, Jim. Okay, okay. Um, these are the other things that customers, uh, what customers look for in service skills, uh, as we talked about, and then setting real, realistic expectation. Uh, once you know the expect, expectation of your client, uh, tactfully shape their expectations. Sometimes their request is just outside this world and not able uh, you're not able to to fulfill um, this lofty expectation so recognize that understand it and then sway them influence them tactfully be honest with them explain uh, some of the things that are going on and why this or that can't happen so it's it's a conversation um, I know that a lot of us have had um, horrible customer service, uh, failures and been part of the individual being um, yelled at, screamed at, accused of, all of those things. We want to try and, and uh, manage that type of uh, anxiety with a client. So if you get in front of it, if you get that uh, uh, opportunity to, to sway the expectations, it's going to be softer and, and, and gentler for both you and the client. Uh, or customer. Now, with that being said, uh, this is an opportunity for uh, some Q&A. Uh, and just tell me what's on your mind. What do you think? Well, there's a, gr a great information, Jim. I love the way that you mixed the, the statistical data with a lot of your own personal experience. It was obvious just hearing you with that presentation that you had a great deal of experience, not just um, studying the statistics of it, but through your experiences in business, that that's, you've, you've seen how the retention levels are directly correlated to, uh, to customer service. So excellent job with the, with the data that you provided, plus the personal experience. I love the way that you, um, you, that you interlocked both of those. But I have a specific question, Bring it. Uh, a couple of questions. One question I have is, if you're a professional or if you're someone in business and you have been struggling with customer service, maybe you know that this is something that you're not really strong at. You want to be better at it, but you're having challenges with it for whatever reasons. You know, there are so many reasons why a person might struggle with customer service. Mm -hmm. But what would you recommend as a good starting point for someone who might be challenged in, in this uh, particular area? Well, certainly – uh, self-inventory is, is difficult on any level. Uh, I don't particularly like self-inventory uh, on myself. And I, I certainly expect that uh, that's just not fun for most of us, especially when we're trying to take a behavior that we want to improve. 
a change of bad behavior. But a great question, by the way. How do you how do you change customer service from um, bad or or not as good as it should be to a real success? Um, there is obviously lots of opportunities online. There's there's examples on uh, YouTube on bad customer service, so you can find what bad customer service looks like. And if you're finding yourself in a place where you just can't get past it, you're just in a place where you're you, for whatever reason, uh, and you can't uh, after that self inventory change the way you look at it. Um, there's obviously ways as business owners, we can in, insert another person that's obviously better than, uh, than we are at it. Some of us don't have the funds, uh, the budget for adding another individual. So if you can't add an individual to be the frontline customer service representative, customer care representative, then I would tell you that it is important for you to recognize how you are. That way, when you invite a friend or a respected peer to watch your interactions with people over the phone or face-to-face -face or both, and take that information, take that friendly criticism, constructive criticism to heart and realize that those points must be refined. And and, and I would only start with one or two or three. I wouldn't go crazy and completely readjust my entire psyche. But it's a long answer for a very important question. If you have to do it and you don't have the ability to afford somebody else to do it, then bring somebody that you trust a peer to watch you interact and give, uh, give you advice, give you wisdom. But it is wise to seek many counselors. So get that wisdom from, from people you respect. Yeah, there's an adage uh, that I heard of, Jim, that your customers' complaints are some of your greatest um, building blocks for your business. I mean, if you take it in the right way, rather than being offended by what the client says, if you can take it as constructive criticism, and it may not even be constructive, coming from that dis disheartened uh, customer, right. maybe they're not trying to be constructive with it, with it at all, but you could make it a constructive experience. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And I, I love the fact that you brought that up. Um, if you look at your complaints, and obviously there's a, a, a lot of people out there that just complain, but most of com the complaints that you're going to receive are very much based on real life, real situations. So if you're getting the same consistent complaint, whatever that may be, it is time to review that piece of your business and adjust it and make sure that you're mindful of it. And then I would suggest, I highly suggest that once you have yourself and or your team uh, do some kind of customer service exercise, however deep or however long it is, I would suggest that you bring back that same kind or escalated review uh, six months or, or 12 months later um, it is over the years uh, and, and being a national trainer uh, over technicians uh, in regards to the audiovisual business, we would always start our training, no matter what it was, with a reminder of refresher course on customer service. Sometimes it was very lengthy. Sometimes it was just a quick 
glance. Let's try and remember uh, who we are and who our clients are. So always keep customer service on the forefront of your mind, whatever that takes. And I had one more question, Jim. Say there's a professional out there or a business owner, and they're actually really good with their customer service, but they hire someone. Maybe that person is qualified in every other area. They perform well in all other areas except customer service. How do you train someone to be better as the leader of an organization? Again, someone who might not have any problems at all with customer service, but how do you train someone as a leader to improve their customer service? Another great question. Um, and and, and it, the quick answers are always coach them until the day is long. Um, they're providing excellent um work employment in other areas it's just that they fail uh in this particular area of customer service or uh we we run into that all the time uh, as individuals who own businesses Uh, we have an employee that's just really great in all areas except customer service or they're never uh, work on time those kinds of things there's always something that that needs to be worked on and that's really what a message is whatever that employee has that needs to be worked on, or maybe it's a couple of things. It is important to continue to stay on top of that, to stay uh, in a place where you're having those conversations. And I don't mean yelling at them when they don't do well, but bring them in in a quiet time, a quiet space, one-on-one if necessary, because of whatever reason, uh, uh, having another individual to observe and help coach, but always have a mind of coaching, have a mind that is to help them to be better uh, at what their, their, their craft ends up being, whatever they're responsible for tasks to do. Then unfortunately, there's always that piece where when you coach somebody and it just doesn't work and it affects your bottom line, it affects the morale of the team, the separation uh, after coaching and, and really doing your best to coach that person. Sometimes at the end of the day, um, it's necessary to separate. Um, that's, that's what work is. It's, um, it's, it's responsibility, not only to develop that particular individual, but you as a leader, an extreme leader, um, you're my team. If my team does well, that's my team's fault. Uh, you're my team. And if, my team doesn't do well, well, that's my fault. And as a owner, a businessman, a leader, it's very, very cut and dry in that sense. When you take that responsibility on all things, all people that are on your team, um, you take the responsibility, especially when it's um, in, a, in a challenging or difficult space. Yes, great customer service is definitely a mindset, Jim. I know you touched on that throughout your presentation today. It's a mindset and it's also infectious mm-hmm. uh, within an organization. And, and so I just I greatly appreciated all the strategies that you shared with us today mm-hmm. uh, about how to improve our customer service, because as you had had mentioned in your slides and as you were uh, speaking with us, maintaining an existing customer through outstanding service is so much easier than going out there and finding a new customer. For those of us who uh, are in the day-to-day of, of being in the business world, 
keeping a good customer, making someone who you're already working with, who understands you, who wants to continue to work with you because they know that you're going to take care of them is so, so important. It's so much harder to go out there and convince someone uh, that you're going to be looking out for their best interest as compared to someone who already knows you're looking out uh, for their best interest. So just great information today, Jim. Yes. Thank you for that. And, and again, it, it's, it is your margin. It's your bottom line at the end of the day. So it is easier to keep that client than it is to find somebody. It is less expensive to keep that client than it is to find somebody else. So it's all about the margin and a recovery. Service failures happen all the time. It's how we respond is what makes and differentiates us from others that are doing the same thing. And I know you have a host of services that you provide, Jim. Uh, you, you talked about sales training. Maybe you could really quickly go through a rundown of what Globecon does and how you can help all these professionals uh, out here and business owners who are going to be uh, watching this, if not in person, definitely it'll be all over the internet. So how can, what types of services can they come to you for? Well, thank you for this opportunity to share that. Um, so Globecon, we bring uh, business owners uh, to a peer group, a uh, business to business peer group that meets on a monthly basis. You're a member of that group, uh, the alternative board. Uh, we talk about issues and um, challenges that business owners have. And then also during that same time slice in that membership, we also, uh, I meet with you and other uh, board members uh, on a one-on-one -on -one coaching opportunity uh, where we have a, a deeper dive into what's going on and what those challenges or opportunities really are. Uh, the key here to that particular part of the business is accountability and making sure we have a, a board meeting and everybody has these great conversations. But at the end of the day, coming back the next month and I uh, hold uh, everyone accountable and I facilitate everyone to make sure that they talk about the wins or, or the continued losing of that particular issue or opportunity. So I hold accountability. I also facilitate to make sure that we stay on track because we don't want to spend a lot of time and go on re a rabbit trail. So certainly the, the bulk of my business is really based on business owners and helping them coaching them uh, in a group setting. I also bring business owners uh, to the table where I oversee, take a look at, help them uh, maintain uh, issues, challenges in their specific business and become part of the organization as a business coach, as a, as a, as a um, uh, business consultant, and, and really get deep down inside the, uh, um, the mind of uh, the business owner and work with the team to make sure that there is uh, training, that there is the same mindset, that there is internal accountability. So I do that. And then of course, sales development, uh, customer service, uh, technical skills, uh, generational training, uh, the, the way a uh, Gen Xer or a um, uh, millennial or even a Gen Z look at the sales process or the customer service process, or just the work enthusiasm is always different when you're talking about the different generations, just because of the way um, every generation has been brought up in their time. So uh, those are just the main pieces that I do. Um, but Globecon uh, definitely is uh, 
very much involved in business owners, business acumen, and how to be profitable and and watch your bottom line. A very much important piece to everything is it's important that we create revenue. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but sometimes we have fun doing it. Oh, we have a lot of fun, and I can certainly vouch for the effectiveness of the techniques that. Uh, that Jim has in terms of sales training, in terms of team building and this board that he was talking about, the alternative board. I mean, it's just a, I, for me, it's a, it's a powerful mastermind that is just opening up so many doors for me in business and making me look at things uh, from perspectives that, that I have not looked at them from just being able to tap into other minds, other, you know, everybody looks at things from a different angle and being a part of a board, specifically that aspect of the service that Jim provides, uh, I think for any business owner out there is a way to, to grow and really become what you, you know, achieve the level of excellence that you want to achieve in your business. So I highly recommend the alternative board and also highly recommend Jim just as a consultant. And we do these one-on-ones regularly and we sit down and I present things to him. And I'm, all these years of experience that he's had uh, in the corporate world definitely greatly benefits me as I'm developing a company that I want to be able to sell in a specific period of time. And so much of the advice that, uh, that Jim's been giving me has been extremely helpful. So I highly endorse Jim Lorden as a sales and a sales trainer, as a team building trainer, and of course, a facilitator of, of the, the, the alternative board. Yeah, just great work, Jim. You guys are you and as well as as your partner and wife, Dagmar Thompson, who is also a real <laughs> dynamo in her own right. Oh, no doubt about it. And I thank you for mentioning that. And I thank you for that amazing plug. But I'll tell you, um, the, after more than four decades of being in the corporate world, um, uh, with age comes wisdom because I've made a ton of mistakes. Um, I have learned my lessons and I've watched others learn their lessons. So um, you, like I said, with age comes wisdom. Um, and so at the ripe old age of a lot, I've made a ton of mistakes. The thing is I've learned from those mistakes and not re- is, uh, repeated the same mistakes. So um, that's my message and that's my testimony, but that was certainly amazing. And I appreciate what, you, what you've said so far. Um, uh, you're, you're definitely uh, one of the good guys and I appreciate you a lot. Well, we appreciate you again for stopping by, Jim, for the Cause and Business Education Series. This is the once-a-month event that we host at the Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. We want to highlight successful entrepreneurs, nonprofit organizations, and others to provide education to the members of the chamber as well as the community. So you can get every third Tuesday of the month, we have one of these presentations We tentatively have tax experts that are going to be coming in for our Mm. presentation in August. Uh, If you go to the website, causemarketingchamber.com, you can get more information about all of our events that are are coming up. We have a monthly mixer event that we host. Uh, It'll actually be a week from today. It's always on the fourth Tuesday of every month. Of course, we have our huge event, which is called Business. Businesses with Heart. That's our expo. And our next expo is going to be on September the 8th from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. 
back out at Emerald, at Queens Ridge and Summerlin. It's an excellent opportunity to make quality contacts, to uh, network with high quality professionals, to learn more about how you can implement cause marketing practices into your business and how other people are giving back to the community through uh, their efforts of aligning themselves with nonprofit organizations. And so we've got a lot going on at the uh, Cause Marketing Chamber of Commerce. Again, visit us at causemarketingchamber.com if you're interested in becoming a member or if you want to attend one of our events. We look forward to getting together with you very soon for the next Cause and Business Education Series. Take care of yourselves and go out there and do good, do good, do good in business. See you soon. Amen. Talk to you.